You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited because I'm about to get my nails done for the first time in almost six months. I don't know about you guys, but hasn't all this COVID stuff made you appreciate the littlest things that you took for granted before? I try to think of the silver linings and that is definitely one of them. And that is my son, Zion, in the background, which is actually perfect because this show is all about the babies. It's all about baby food. And um, he is thriving because of the uh, baby food that I've been giving him. And you'll hear all about that in a little bit. But before I jump into the meat of the show, I want to give a shout out to our show sponsor. I announced them last week, and so many of you have been loving their products. And this is Paleo Valley. So Paleo Valley is a company that I am so excited to be working with. They have a whole line of products that are as high of quality as you can get. One of the products that I'm loving from them is their bone broth protein. And this is actually something that the kids can have. You can put a scoop in their smoothies or in their bottle. And what is so great about bone broth protein is for one, it actually is used in gut healing. So I use this a lot in my protocols with my patients for helping to heal up the gut. Leaky gut is very, very common. I find for my patients who I test, it's a good 80% of them that I am suspecting that have it actually have it. And their bone broth protein is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef bones. They're never given antibiotics or steroids or hormones, and they're grain-free, gluten-free, no chemicals or solvents used in extracting the nutrients. You can use it in smoothies and your coffee. A lot of people love you know, their bulletproof coffee, but unfortunately, bulletproof um, protein isn't grass-fed. So I think that it's important, and just for wanting to support farms that do it right. So farmers need our love. They need our dollars. So I think it's really important to vote with your dollars on the companies that you support. So to get your hands on some bone broth protein, you can head over to paleovalley.com and at checkout, enter Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O, and you'll get 15% off your bone broth protein. All right. So we are jumping into the meat of the show. I am beyond thrilled to have the owners of Serenity Kids on the podcast I cannot tell you guys how much these baby food um, packages have made my life as a new mom so much easier. Kevin and I, we swear by this company. In fact, when we run out of the packets, we kind of freak out because we start to scramble and figuring out what we're going to feed Zion. I'm in Colorado right now. I flew with Zion a few days ago and I brought the packets with me. I gave him three of them right before we took off on the plane and he was a dream baby on the flight. His mood was awesome. He was just really satisfied and just a happy little traveler. So I never leave home without these. I always keep the packets in my baby bag. I travel with them and I actually feed them at home. So we use them all the time. So if you want to try some Serenity Kids, we have a discount for all of you to try. So you go to serenitykids.com and you can get 15% off the packets by using the code Dr. Lowe. All right. I hope you enjoy the show and let's jump into it. 
Hey guys, so, so excited to have you on the show. This is a topic that is going to be very relevant to a lot of my listeners. A lot of you guys know that I have an 11 month old and a lot of you also have babies or a lot of you are trying to get pregnant or currently are pregnant. So this is a very relevant topic that I know will shed a lot of light on baby nutrition, toddler nutrition, um, because not all companies are created equal. Definitely not the case at all, actually. So joining me on the show, I have Joe and Serenity, and they are the creators of Serenity Kids, which is a baby food company that is incredible. It has made my life so much easier. My boyfriend and I, we are just so happy to have Serenity Kids because, you know, the whole nutrition thing aside... It is super convenient and it's really made our lives a lot easier because uh, we don't always have the time to make baby food. So to have something we can grab that, yes, even though it's in a package, it is really healthy. So that's really nice when you can put the two of convenience and nutrition together. So I don't want this show to sound like, an, like a commercial, but I'm kind of a walking commercial for this company. So that's it's it. going to sound a little bit like that and that's fine. Um, I'm not paid by this company that they're not a sponsor. It's just, I just love them and I use them and I am excited to share them with you. So. Joe and Serenity, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We're super excited to be here. Yeah, Yay. Hello. So we'll get into your stories a little bit. I know that, you know, you have a babysitter watching Della right now, so we don't have a whole lot of time. So let's just jump into it. So Serenity, why don't you tell me a little bit about your story and then Joe, you can jump into it after. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, my story starts very early on in my life. When I was two weeks old, I had my first ear infection and my first round of antibiotics. Wow. And that happened, you know, I was kind of a sick kid. I had a lot of immune issues. I had strep throat every time it went around. I got ear infections all the time. Um, and I just took a ton of antibiotics. You know, this was in the eighties when everyone just gave amoxicillin out all the time. Maybe they still do. I don't know. But, um, you know, I ate a lot of junk food, frankly. I would eat chicken and a biscuit crackers with cheese whiz on it for dinner. You know, my parents both worked. My dad was in school. I mean, it was, you know, three kids. It was a crazy time. Yeah. And it was also the height of processed foods. So um, all of that junk food and antibiotics kind of ruined my gut health for a while. And I started, I got irritable bowel disease when I went to college. And, you know, the doctor didn't know what was going on. They're like, we don't really know what's wrong with you. Just go home, you know. Um, and so I started taking heartburn medicine when I was a teenager wow. and took it every, almost every day for the next 15 years. And then I took another antibiotic for another ear infection when I was 33. It killed my stomach. I don't know what it was, but I went to the doctor. I'm like, look, these over-the-counter heartburn medicines aren't working anymore. And she said, well, here, let me give you this prescription and take it every day. For the rest of your life. What? And she said it very dramatically. And I'm actually really grateful that she did because I was like, what? No way. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't really eat food without serious pain, but it is not that. So I called my dad and he had been paleo for about a year at this point. And I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. This was back in 2010. I'm like, eat like a caveman? You're kidding, right, dad? <laughs> you know? And he's like, you know, maybe you want to try it because a lot of people report, you know, less stomach pain and digestive issues uh, with when they change their diet. So I changed my diet and lo and behold, it worked. Um, it worked very well, actually. I My stomach is so much stronger than it was 
you know, how long ago was that? Nine years ago, 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And then I left my corporate job to start a paleo coaching business to help other people learn how to heal themselves with food. That's beautiful. Which is actually eventually how we met. Uh, I'm autistic. I wasn't diagnosed as a child. So uh, I had a very difficult childhood. They, I, I had really big energy. I was really huge. I just took over rooms. I was really loud, really chaotic energy. And uh, they didn't know what to do, do with me. They diagnosed me ADHD, which of course wasn't accurate. So that stuff didn't help. Um, but I didn't fit the stereotype of the, what they, they were calling Asperger's at the time, which there's the stereotype Asperger's kids are quiet and sciencey and introverted. And I'm very extroverted and creative. And there's lots of autistic people like me. Uh, we just, the stereotype really affected the, the diagnosing. So, um, so I think my official diagnosis was obnoxious. I was just obnoxious and in trouble all the time, excluded by other kids, you know, just a lot of bullying, a lot of um, social challenges. But my mom discovered that I was gifted in the performing arts, that that big, huge, obnoxious energy was great on a stage. Uh, and so I became a professional actor. I was doing TV shows and, you know, commercials and professional theater, music, dance all throughout childhood. Wow. And, uh, and that really got me through. Then in middle school, this semi-popular girl, uh, I was probably annoying her, and she turned to me and said, you know, my friends and I, we're going to teach you how to be cool. And I was like, I will do whatever you say. <laughs> like, I'm so ready to finally have friends and to not be so, you know, uh, outcast. And I learned the most important lesson of my life, which was that I could take feedback and become a better person, that I could actively change myself. I wasn't stuck being any certain way. And uh, I, you know, they taught me how to be cool and I did it. And then I, uh, on to the next mentor, follow, uh, seeking mentors and, and personal growth for the rest of my life. It continues, continues to this day, always looking for a way to challenge myself and be better. And, uh, and then uh, in adulthood, I discovered the role diet really played in, in my system that uh, I'd tried a bunch of different diets. I'd tried veganism. That didn't work at all. Uh, I'd played around with like the GAPS diet and I'd done like a candida cleanse. So I sort of had some idea that grains and carbs weren't necessary, but I was obsessed with nachos. Nachos was my comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Eating them. You know, I had stomach pain all throughout childhood because mostly I lived on canned ravioli and nachos. So like, I didn't know how to give that up. So when I met Serenity and she introduced me to the paleo diet, I fell in love with her and the paleo diet at the same time. I was like, this is, this is the diet for me, uh, but how do I do nachos? And she figured out that we could do plantain chips and cashew cheese uh, and avocado. And it's actually quite delicious substitution. And then now Siete has their grain-free chips, which are 100% substitution and their queso. So that Siete made it even easier for me. But like, uh, I really, you know, changing my diet, it stabilized my system. Like I am a lot less anxious. I sleep better. I have better focus, better mood control, you know, taking out the sugar, taking out the processed foods was powerful for me. And this is true for a lot of autistic people that were very sensitive at the cellular level and that we're highly uh, impacted by inflammatory foods, foods we're allergic to. Mm -hmm. uh, and so paleo is great because it strips down to the most basic human foods of, of good quality meats and, and vegetables, takes out the sugar and the processed foods and the grains and the legumes and things that aren't great for the gut. So, wow. so she taught me that and that really changed my life. And uh, I've also always wanted uh, to have a baby. Uh, I've always wanted children. When I was five, I drew pictures of my future children. Oh Brittany, and, Brittany and Jason. That were their names. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have their pictures still of what they were supposed to look like. Um, and I've always wanted kids. And uh, because I had such a difficult childhood, I was really also really dedicated to changing the world for kids. So I wanted to have my own children, but I uh, had begun a career in youth services to try to make the world a better place for kids. And uh, was engaged in, in in that kind of work when I met Serenity, and then we were planning to have our own baby. Yeah, so you know, I was at Paleo FX 2016. We were walking around, and um, I started getting kind of fuzzy and maternal. And I'm like, Joe, let's go find the baby stuff. You know, <laughs> let's see. Like, I don't even know anything about feeding a baby, but you know, we're get, we're starting to get to that point in our in our family. And we looked and looked and looked and found nothing, absolutely nothing. And I thought, huh, maybe babies don't need to eat, you know, vegetables, meats, and, and things like that. Maybe they need to start out on rice cereal and apple juice and fruit purees. I had no idea. You know, I had been paleo for six years at that point, but never even given a thought to what a baby needs to eat. I mean, how would a baby even eat a vegetable? You know, those kinds of things, right? So I really spent my summer of 2016, I call it my summer of nerddom because I spent it with my nose in a book, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos. Conveniently, a lot of the leaders in the health space that I was a part of had babies in the uh, the previous couple of years, like Chris Kresser and Rob Wolf and Michelle, um, Melissa Urban. And so I read all their, I read all their blogs and everything. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. There's a big gap in the baby food market. And for me, I really just thought, Oh, well, I guess I'll just make all my own baby food. Not knowing of course, how hard that really is to do. But Joe was in the process of switching careers and here, I'll just let we, you We had both that. had failed businesses. I mean, she certainly was trying to to, you know, make a, a business out of coaching people to heal themselves with food, which is just a very hard business model. It's constant hustle of clients. And I don't I, like, I don't like hustling like that. Like sales is not my jam. You know, I'd started a nonprofit after school and summer program for kids, which was like everything I ever wanted to, to in a youth program, but very expensive to administer in a market where after school care is actually really cheap and hard to compete with. So couldn't make it work financially. And, uh, and so I had read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Uh, as just a you know entrepreneurial education to and he really outlines how you can change the world and make a viable business by starting a product. Serena and I were both stuck in services hour for hour, and like oh, I'd never thought about creating a product. You know, it just it wasn't never thought, occurred to me. So I was looking for niche communities we were part of with product gaps, like you described. And then when he discovered, you know, we discovered this lack of decent baby food. Um, you know, a light went off. And, uh, you know, when we did the research, and we realized how big the gap really is, we started to get really mad, you know, because yeah. uh, the the USDA, you know, basically from Serenity's nerddom, she discovered that breast milk is nature's perfect baby food. It's 30 grams of, you know, it's roughly uh, half fat, half carbs with some protein and is an animal product. And USDA guidelines mimic this. They say infants need 30 grams of fat a day, 12 grams of protein a day. Meat and animal products should be first foods and sugar should be limited. Like basically confirmed what we already knew. Yeah, I mean like the most conservative yeah, USDA. health resource, right? Even like corroborated what we were thinking already. And then wow. we go to the baby food aisle and it's the polar opposite of what babies need. It's all sugar. It's, you know, we, we did a study of all 265 organic baby food pouches on the market. We put them all into a spreadsheet to see, you know, what the, the stats were. And they were scary. It was, they had an average of nine grams of sugar, 
mm. which for a 15 pound baby, nine grams for a 150 yeah. pound adult, that's 90 grams. And that's one pouch. And they're eating two, three, four of these a day. So it's more than a Snickers bar of worth of sugar that these babies are ingesting. There's no fat. Babies need 30 grams of fat a day. And yet less than 1% had two grams or more of fat. And wow. the little bit of fat was from dairy. So it was and, like, and just to give fat. people perspective, that's 22 teaspoons of sugar for an adult, right? That's insane. <laughs> we should do a graphic. Of it's that. like, yeah, it's almost like a, like a can of Coke. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's disgusting. I mean, it is criminal. Yeah. In my opinion, it is. it's, cr it's criminal. Yeah. It's actually two cans of Coke <laughs> for an adult. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad for a, for a child. They get almost a can of Coke if they eat three. And that's, that's just true. That is, that is two cans of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty scary. Uh, there was no meat, less than 4% had meat. None of the meat was well-sourced. Right. So it was all, you know, factory farm. It was organic. We only looked at organic. So it was organic meat, but it was factory farm organic. So it's like, you know, grain fed, pen, pen raised. Uh, and uh, there were very few blends that tasted savory. They all tasted sweet. But the few that were savory were pretty gross. They tasted bad. So it was either like sweet or gross. Those were like baby's choices. Yeah. Um, and we know the flavor window is really important for babies. If they are introduced to sweet flavors too early, they taints their palate towards sweet foods. It can lead to obesity and diabetes. You know, there's actually some scary stats that that right. sugar is leading to. One in four kids is diagnosed obese. And one I got to jump in on this one because yeah. I the coolest thing about using this with Zion, on my son, my 11 month old, is that it has trained his palate. He doesn't really like sweet stuff. I'll give him awesome. some, some fruit and he's kind of like, he does this like, gosh, that's really intense, you know, but he loves savory. He's a fan of um, salmon. He loves sardines. He loves oysters. It's crazy. I mean, he just Yay. loves that stuff. So, so good. yeah. So and there's awesome. plenty of research to support it that like obesity rates are tied to early introduction of foods, especially sugary foods. The, there's studies that look at meat and the le less obesity rates, the more meat kids got as babies and so forth. So, you know, we, the more we learned about this, the more angry we got about how we were poisoned as kids, you know, with this food. And we didn't want to raise our baby this way and have to make all our own baby food. And we didn't want, we wanted to educate parents, you know, and change the way baby food is made. And that's what we set forth to do. Wow, creating wonderful. Certainty kids. I remember back in um, naturopathic medical school, one of my professors, he was giving us different examples of what is a wonderful first baby food. And it blew our minds when he said liver mm -hmm. is like the perfect first food. We were yeah. like, what? Did you just say that? And he said, yeah, it's the closest to breast milk. You know, absolutely. Right. things like salmon roe, which is the little mm -hmm. salmon eggs you get when you go to sushi, you know, but the big, beautiful ones, you can get some good ones up at um, Vital Choice. Mm -hmm. um, but, but those, it's about brain food, right? It's giving them just, just great protein, great fats, just packed with nutrients. So, and it's so different. I mean, I know, I know back in the day, my mom did this with my brothers and God bless her. She didn't know any better at the time, but she used to throw in, I think like cereal in the breast milk to make it more filling for my brothers. Yeah. Right. All moms do that. We try yeah. to, we try our hardest. 100%. Well, the National Pediatric Association still recommends that fortified yeah. rice cereal as first foods, you know, which a lot of pediatricians have come out against and have said, no, the rice cereal 
it's full of arsenic. It's like not digestible. The fortified iron is actually, the fake iron is leading to lots of uh, stomach and issues with, with constipation, you know, and like that it's a problem, but you know, there's the official association still hasn't come around to, to change that. So we're working really hard yeah. to be like, no meat, you know, well-raised animal products, egg yolk, avocado, liver mm-hmm. serenity makes a, a liver a beef bone broth she we make a homemade Ooh, i was gonna ask you because the flavors yeah. you guys have right now so you have veggie just veggie options so it's not like you have to mm-hmm. do meat with every meal so you have a bunch yep. of vegetable ones but you have some good meat ones so from my memory there's bison mm-hmm. beef salmon turkey and chicken and bacon right yes those are mm-hmm. all the meat ones and they're all like very cleanly sourced um, are you, would you ever think about doing lamb or liver? We've looked into both of those. Uh-huh. Um, and so they're, you know, they're both options on our uh, innovation pipeline for yeah. possibly in the future. Cool. Mm-hmm. Love it. I, yep. I guess I can make some stuff for Zion. <laughs> there you go. Yep. But we did give him um, lamb yesterday. So that was kind of fun. Did he like it? He did. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he dug it. Um, I haven't done liver yet. Cause I need to figure out how to make it. Del Del's a big shellfish fan too. She really loves like shrimp and scallops and yep. crab. And crab loves crabs. Zion's dad Joe. is a crab fanatic. He would have oh, it yeah. every day if he could. So yeah. Oh, Joe is too. Hey, do you crab. want me to tell you what I do with liver? Yeah, please so do. One, one really easy way, you know, I, I, so I had low milk supply and Della ended up weaning herself at just around nine months, which was all kinds of traumatic. We won't go into that whole story, but I wanted to start feeding her more nutrient dense foods. And I knew that liver was one of the best options. Right. But I wasn't super comfortable doing the like frozen grated raw liver, you know, that it was, it's messy and weird. So what I ended up doing was Joe makes great bone broth and I take about, you know, a quart of bone broth and simmer. And then I take about maybe an ounce or two piece of beef liver. Organic. Yeah. Organic organic grass fed beef liver, ideally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I simmer that till it's done, you know, and try not to overcook it. Right. It's kind of hard to do. And I just blend that in my blend tech and I pour out four ounces in little containers and freeze those. You strain, strain. Oh yeah. Strain it out. Cause it won't go through a nipple very well if you don't strain it. Uh, and then I just would feed her bone broth bottles and she got one a day for How goodness cool. gracious, a year. She loves that stuff. Yeah. Oh. And, and so it's a really easy, clean way to, to do that. I love that. Thank you. I actually have um, some chicken bones in my fridge, some organic ones I need to make into some bone broth. So Yum. could that also be done with um, organic chicken liver? Absolutely. That's what I have. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, just experiment. So, and I also, you know, I know salt is a big question mark for a lot of people with babies. We yeah. felt comfortable giving Della some Himalayan salt, you know, mm-hmm. if, the, if the right source of salt is important. And so we would also add kind of a pinch of that to make it even more savory and really round out the flavors. Love that. And you guys don't add any salt to the food, but people could add extra if they wanted to. Sure. Yeah, right? that's right. Yep. Cool. Let's talk about the farming a bit. So tell me where you guys source the different ingredients for your foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we know we wanted to use pasture raised meats. We knew from the paleo movement, there was a lot of science that came out that grass-fed beef, pasture-raised pork, pasture-raised chicken, that, that, that's nutritionally superior. If you feed an animal, it's di- the diet nature intended for it, then the meat contains the nutrition nature intended for us. And so, you know, we were all about pasture-raised meats and, and my 
mom grew up on a small family farm in Southern Missouri. So I'd grown up like seeing that farm lifestyle, the harmony of living with nature, but also the economic struggles, how hard it is to compete with these huge factory farms that are cutting corners, exploiting labor, destructing the environment you know, creating inhumane circumstances for animals, like that's all rewarded in the, the, the meat and, and agriculture industry. It's like the more you exploit, the more money you make basically. So these small farmers have a really hard time who, who believe in doing it right, but also have trouble making it. So when we discovered that we were able to source enough pasture-raised meat from small family farms, we got really excited that we could combine those missions and support farmers like my grandparents. Yeah, and we found these co-ops. They are these really cool co-ops of farms that they're all, you know, dedicated to these pasture-raised systems and they combine their meats together to supply companies like us. And we were just able to find enough of them that we've been able to make a commitment to sourcing exclusively pasture-raised meat from family farms. Um, but then we learned about regenerative agriculture, which is a whole nother level of quality of meat and harmony with the environment. I've always been uh, an environmentalist. I used to sit in trees. Sleep in trees. Yeah, we, so, so like we lived said, in sit trees. in trees. You'd live in them for about a week at a time. <laughs> Little Mowgli, like yeah, exactly. Up, yeah. Just just to uh, just to prevent them from being cut down, we would we would stay where it was an act of protest. Save the old growth forest. Um, I did that in college, and you know, my dad and I were converting cars to run on vegetable oil, and you know, all kinds yes. of things of the environment. And so, um, the meat industry gets a really bad rap for the environment because those factory farms are awful. You know, in terms of what they do. The environment. Factory farm uh, agriculture for plants is also hugely destructive. So it's not just factory farm meats, like the ag industry is really bad. Um, but like meat particularly is, is, is known to be bad. So when we found out that these farmers are actually making their land better with the way they raise meat, like it's not just sustainable, it's not just do no harm. They're actually improving their soil year after year. They're reducing water runoff, they're sequestering carbon. So they're carbon negative, like they're reversing climate change while creating the most nutritious meat on the planet, creating an economically stable system for them, for their, for their families for many years to come because the land continues to improve. And there's organizations like the Savory Institute that have reversed climate change in millions of acres of Africa, you know, converting deserts to grassland just by raising animals in this proper way. Whoa. I haven't yeah, heard anything yeah. about the Savory Institute. Yeah, they're amazing. Let me read about them. They've there's like, a great TED Talk that yeah. Alan Savory did gosh, 10 years ago now, uh, about this. And I mean, it blew my mind. Because yeah. they built, they're the building- name, Alan Savory. Savory <laughs> is a mind-blowing name. Right? Mm -hmm. so there's some great farms that we partner with that practice these techniques. You know, Rome Ranch, who uh, we source our bison from here in Texas, uh, was started by the former founders of Epic Bar, who was another company committed to regenerative agriculture. So, you know, the white oak pastures where we get our, our turkey and chicken, uh, you know, they have a multi-species regenerative farm in Georgia. They pay double the local wage of any other farm in the area. So they're like building community and making lives. They're, they're certified by every, you know, animal welfare certification you can get, organic, so forth. You know, it's really like the coolest projects, farming projects going on, the most radical farmers that we get to work with. And, and it's just so cool to me that we are making babies healthier while making the planet healthier. Yeah. And in between providing a good life for animals and farmers and parents and that that's all interconnected. Man, it's, I can see it fuels your 
work ethic so much because it's so mission driven. You guys are, it's not about a bottom line. It's really about legacy and changing things that are broken. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know this now, like as like being a working mom, really, really, really hard. Yeah. You have to be in it for a reason, right? For me, like it is not worth it for me to go to a nine to five job while I've got a little baby that I'm also raising. Like it, I, I mean, it really just helps my heart really be in it. And that's the only reason I'm doing this. Yeah. I want other babies to have a chance that I didn't, you know, I was, just, I mean, I remember I was a sick little kid. I remember I was nine years old and I would have these bouts of um, stomach pain where I would have to lay on like this. I'd have to double over and lay on a pillow in between my stomach and my knees to help my stomach feel better. And I remember like I'd seen a commercial for Pepto-Bismol or something. And I'm like, mom, can't I get some of that? You know, like I'm over here in agony and she's like, Oh honey, that's, you know, that's just not for you. That stuff doesn't work. And I just remember thinking, Oh, I guess stomachs are just supposed to hurt, Mm. you know? And I just resigned myself to a lifetime of pain and it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. It does not have to be like that. Yeah. Not at all. It's really beautiful. What about the clean label project? We talked about that before we started recording. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this uh, really disturbing study that came out several months ago that found heavy metals in most baby foods. They, they did a study of a lot of baby food testing and found the presence of, uh, they tested for five specific heavy metals and overwhelming majority of the baby foods had them. Um, ours weren't tested in that study. They only tested the big, huge brands. Uh, but we, you know, we had already known about this concern and had been doing some independent testing of our products. And we did a lot more after that. We're like, let's look really deep into our supply chain and our products. Like we want to make sure this stuff's really clean. And so we discovered the Clean Label Project, which is a a nonprofit organization that independently tests for 400 different environmental toxins, everything from heavy metals to residues of all kinds of pesticides and fertilizers and glyphosate glyphosate <laughs> and uh you know, plasticizers plastic, you know every all the there's so many toxins i mean our entire so the soil in this country is is essentially and highly polluted so even organic farmers are still farming in soil that has all these residues. So our food supply is basically contaminated by all kinds of different contaminants. So, you know, either the grocery, the food you go and buy at the grocery store, if if it were to be tested, you'd find levels of stuff that you wouldn't want to see, including organic. So of course it was showing up in these packaged foods. Um, Particularly it was especially high in fruit juices, which these other baby food companies tend to use a lot of. It's also rice is a, a a lot of arsenic. And a lot of baby foods or baby snacks have rice in them. Right. So those had really high arsenic levels. And so the Clean Label Project independently verifies, uh, they, they buy them off the shelf. We don't send them our products. Like they go and they pick their own samples. That's they do, awesome. They do really rigorous testing. And then, uh, and then they basically tell us, they publish on their website what it has in it. And so we received their purity award, when they, which is the top, highest level of clean they offer. Like this is, we're at the top level of, of cleanliness um, because we'd already done so much work vetting our supply chain, you know, right. farms, all organic, you know, highly, the regenerative ag, I think actually is cleaning the soil because that, you know, those microbes are reproducing the soil. So ours are, are the best you can find on the market. 
uh, verified by Clean Label Project. So we're really proud yeah, of that. And I remember two, two stats that I'll share with you that they were surprised by was that it was, they were 100% plasticizer, for, phthalate free and 100% glyphosate free. Which and is people, really hard to accomplish. So people who aren't mm -hmm. familiar with glyphosate, that's Roundup. Yeah. And Roundup is almost stays, everywhere. Stays yeah. Forever. yeah. So we were, we were really proud of that. And we're just finally starting to be able to share that message with our audience. And, you know, we, we've got a, a rigorous program in place. We're still making improvements every day, you know, like as we're making, we're working on some new products and it's part of our DNA now, you know, we're not going to make a product that doesn't meet these standards. Our purpose is to make the world healthier one baby at a time. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been guiding us as we make these sourcing decisions as we make new product decisions. You know, I'm not going to make a product that I don't feel comfortable feeding my baby. And, you know, having a baby to to be my kind of gut check, you know, yep. would I, would I feel comfortable feeding this to her? Like we were just getting ready to work on another new product. And I said, we've got, this is not going to work. Like I would not feel comfortable feeling, feeding Della this. We've got to find a new source. Wow. So we're doing some crazy sourcing all over the world because like, I didn't realize that a lot of the reason that lead is, is a problem in root vegetables is because they're used, we used to use leaded gasoline. And so that all, all of that drops, you know, from the air into the soil and a lot of different countries also used, used to use leaded gasoline. And so we're trying to, you know, like call up different countries. When, what did you used to use? How is it working? I talked to a guy in Washington DC a couple weeks ago. That's on a really um, on a mission to make sure that all the labs in the States are actually providing their customers with true results because not all of them are so far or they don't right. test for small enough, you know, so it's really, I feel good to be a part of a kind of a mission that a lot of other people are on too, you know, and we're really moving, moving the expectations much, much mm -hmm. higher than they have been in the past. Oh yeah. You guys have raised the bar. Doesn't it feel good to be a bar raiser? It does feel good to be a bar raiser. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Heavy lifting. Like, you guys drop the mic in the baby food industry. You're like, what? <laughs> yep. Come at us. What can you bring to the table? Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, um, I know you guys got to run. Any uh, parting words? Anything that we haven't touched on that you want to leave with us? Anything on the horizon that's coming up? We've got some new products coming out later this year and then a couple more in 2021. And we're really looking to um, extend the age range of our core core customer. Makes sense because the babies are growing up. So that's right. Our baby's growing up. Our baby's growing up. So what am I buying, you know, or what do I wish was out there? Yep. So we're working on some really awesome new products that she absolutely loves. I can't wait to share them with the world. You're going to like, you're going to, it's going to blow your mind. How we're going to have a brain gasm. Yeah. Um, what are the age, stuff. what's the age range that you typically recommend for the, the pouches? You know, right now you can start them out as early foods. So depending mm. when you decide to start is, is an ideal place. I mean, you know, you might want to test for allergies with single ingredients. Mm -hmm. All of our packets have multiple ingredients really to, give that variety, right, from a nutritional perspective. So you might want to test out some single ingredients first, but they're ideal first foods. So starting it, you know, depending if you do six months, eight months, whatever you're doing for, for feeding solids. Mm -hmm. and then, Until they stop eating them. I mean, our Della's right. a year and a half. She wants <laughs> as many as she will give her. She's asking for pouches all day long. And they're yep. snacks. <laughs> they're know, great snacks. It's a great in-between snack. She'll eat two or three of them at a time. Right, uh, yeah. For Zion, we'll usually do two 
packets yeah. now for his meal and we'll do mm-hmm. sometimes four a day. Well, my so sister's five-year-old <laughs> loves them as a snack. Melissa Urban oh, sends them with her eight-year-old as a I've side I've tasted them. I'm her. like, I could do this. Yeah, they taste great. Yeah. So there's really no reason to stop eating them. But, yeah. You know, but yeah. the primary pouch eating age is that six months to a year and a half kind mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. Uh, with obviously mixing them with other fresh foods, finger mm-hmm. food important that they eat and chew and right exactly and learn just, how to... you shouldn't feed them just pouches mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> even yeah. ours uh but like you know but as but as a supplement is really great mm-hmm. totally and then just um, some, some some more words for parents out there like you know we have really high standards and there's high standards in our food and we don't always meet them in our house all the time mm-hmm. so you know do what yeah. works for you i mean don't add a lot of extra stress to your life, which is already probably pretty stressful, you know, trying to reach standards that are impossible to reach. So, you know, I had underestimated though, how much our foods uh, do actually make life easier for parents. There's so many things that people think are like normal parts of babies that is actually diet driven. Uh, Things like fussiness and crying all the time, difficulty sleeping, diarrhea or constipation, skin breakouts, constant illness, like getting sick all the time, picky eating, like not, you know, refusing to eat. Della doesn't have any of those. Della sleeps great. She has great skin. She eats anything. She's super, you know, not really fussy, like mood's really stable. Who is really consistent, and uh, you know, I think so much of that is actually diet related. So yeah, hundred percent. It's not just I mean, a luxury, like oh, cut them off the sugar so that they don't get sick. Like it's like actually make your life better. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I mean, we we talk about on the show how your gut and brain are intimately connected. Your gut is your second brain, and and what you eat affects your mood. It affects your thinking. I mean, it's helped you, right? Mm-hmm, it's totally. Just, it's it, it's so connected to the neuro- neurological system, so yeah. it's really beautiful to to give it true medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how can people continue following you and, and get your food? Yeah, we have an awesome website, myserenitykids.com. Has a lot of educational resources. We have a free infant nutrition ebook you can download with a bunch of recipes. So you can make your own versions of our foods and learn how to plan your baby's diet. Oh, cool. Uh, you can also read about each of our farmers on our farmers page, click links to see about every farm we source from. Um, and, uh, you know, our blog has all kinds of great you know, parenting hacks and different resources for parents. Uh, but you can also get the best deals on our products there. Uh, you can subscribe or you know, get different um, combinations. We're also on Amazon. So if you Amazon shopper or we're in, we're in Whole Foods nationwide uh, and increasingly other stores. So in more, most local grocery stores are starting to carry us. If not, go ask for us, help us get in there. Cause we, yeah. we built most, we should be in most natural food stores by the end of this year. So, you know, keep asking, keep looking. There. I want to see you guys in conventional food stores. Yeah, we're working, we're working on, on it. it. Yeah, yes. we've got a handful of rollouts this year right now and then more to come. So I'll we bug my be... local Vons. They're, uh, they're actually pretty receptive. They carry the healthy bacon now. They carry avocado oil. They're nice. duck yeah. fat. I mean, they're, they're pretty open. So I'm going to bug them. them. We, we want to be everywhere baby food is sold someday. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining me, you guys. It's, um, it is such a joy to have you. And I really just want to acknowledge you for the work that you've done and just turning all of your struggles into what it is that you do. And uh, it's really beautiful to see. So thank you very much as a new mom um, and just as a human on this planet, we need you. So thank you so much. 
Sure. Thanks Thank for you all, for having all us. All the work you do educating and helping people be healthier. It's oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.